Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So excited to have you here with us on the show today. A lot to discuss on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Make sure that you follow and subscribe this podcast wherever you get them. We're available on all podcast platforms. If, in fact, you're listening on the Apple podcast platform, please take a moment, press pause, type out a five-star rating and review. It means a lot when you do that. Apple loves the algorithm of words behind the five-star review, and that means a lot for us here. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. The show is available there. Be sure to follow and subscribe. Turn on your post notifications. You know when we're posting each and every day, and uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun to talk about Duke basketball and Duke football as we get closer to fall and the start of another academic year for the Blue Devils. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore, and the show is available on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Without further ado, let me go ahead and welcome in my guest for today's show, and it's a very good friend of mine, Brian Horace at Duke Blogger, back with us for another visit here on the program. Brian, what's going on, man? Uh, Not too much. How are you doing? Very well. Excited to get you back on the show. Uh, I was reminding you, and I want to remind our listeners as well, we haven't been able to chat since the end of April. So been a little bit over a month, month and a half or so since you've been able uh, to be on the podcast with us. And uh, want to talk about the offseason, a quite different storyline <laughs> for Duke men's basketball now compared to where we were at the last time we spoke as guys were still waiting to make their NBA draft declarations. Now we know who's staying, who's going, and that sort of thing. So we really do have a better idea of what uh, of, of what the basketball roster for next season will look like. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, it, it took a while, but, uh, you know, John Shire pulled it all together and uh, – almost at the last possible minute, right before, uh, you know, people starting to filter into, uh, uh, into, into school and uh, a couple of guys are still, you know, not there quite yet, but they're on their way. But uh, yeah, things are different and it's a, it's a whole new roster. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. So if we fast forward one week from today, we will have five Duke blue devils that wake up and know their NBA team that they're going to be playing for. As again, the draft is now six days away, coming up on Thursday, June 23rd. So as we get closer to the draft, how optimistic are you about all five of those guys' chances to to not only get drafted but end up in good spots? Uh, I think there's a, a, a really good chance. Um, you know, um, you know, listening to all of the uh, you know the chatter that's coming out of the you know the workouts and and you know teams positioning themselves, you know, it looks really good for you know. Obviously, Paolo should go top three or four. Um, I feel like Mark Williams and, uh, and AJ Griffin are, are right there as well in, in the top ten to fifteen range. You know that's going to be good. The only um, outliers are the ones that we're not one hundred percent sure about. Obviously, are uh, Trevor Keels and uh, Wendell Moore. But even if they do end up dropping to a later round or you know, second round, they still could end up on teams where they could contribute. You know, so but there's still a chance they they could all go in the first round. It's still a possibility, but Honestly, you never know. I'm not a big, huge fan of uh, all of the, uh, you know, the the draft, uh, you know, pre-draft stuff. I don't sure. really think it, you know, it's based on much fact. So I, I don't think anyone knows, and I don't think any 
you know, NBA experts are giving out any information to these, you know, mock drafts. Why would they? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, and again, that's why we want to just fast forward one week from today and be like, all right, we're waking up and we know that this guy's going here and this player's going there. Uh, but when we talk about those other two guys, again, the number that we've talked about uh, ad nauseum at this point, five, that is five first round picks that Kentucky had back in 2010. And it doesn't necessarily look like it's going in that direction for Duke. As you're saying, it might be a second round for Wendell Moore Jr. and for Trevor Kills. But a player like Wendell Moore Jr., what is an NBA team getting when they draft Wendell? Like what really impressed you throughout his college career? Well, the way he improved each year, I mean, he's still a really young guy. He's still like 20 years old. He's still fairly young for uh, for being you know where he is. And on the court, he's a, you know, I've always called him the Swiss Army knife. He, he does a lot of things well. And, you know, he's going to give you max effort. He's not a guy that has to be a scorer. He's a guy that can do other things. He's a big, you know, bigger guard. He can rebound. He can push. He can, you know, he and, and, he's, and he's become a better shooter. I mean, he's really raised his stock as a shooter in the last uh, in the last season. So I think with him, you're getting a, a well-rounded player, a guy that can come in and even lead. And, you know, even as a young guy, he's had to be a leader. For a few years now and so i think with him you're, you're definitely getting a, a versatile player that uh i think definitely belongs in the league on a team as a as a you know either a two guard or a guy you you know bring off the bench to uh as a backup point even yeah no kidding and and that's why i'm so excited for a team that drafts one delmore uh, improving his three-point percentage by nearly 10 percent from his sophomore to junior season at six five the wingspan is really impressive as well mm -hmm. and he's such a great defender. Swiss Army Knife is the best kind of description out there for Wendell. Same question, but Trevor Keels then. Yeah, again, Trevor is a young guy, just like Wendell, even, you know, obviously younger. You know, his freshman season, he obviously had ups and downs, but the potential you could see there. I mean, he's, you know, I, I call him an emerging shooter. He didn't shoot well, but when he gets going, he gets going. And the good thing about Trevor is he's not only defined by that three-point shot. He's a guy that can get into the lane, make plays. He's strong. You know, he's in. I don't know if you've seen the latest uh, the way he looks now. He's gotten yeah. himself into much better shape. I mean, he is. He's looking, you know, real, real powerful now. And I think that that kind of thing, you know, can can definitely translate into the league. You know, he can uh, he can play either guard position. I think he's um, deceptively quicker than you might think. He's you know, for a big guy, he moves well. And, um, you know, I, I I think he's a first-round talent, honestly. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to go in the first round, but I think the talent is there, the potential is there. And we know the NBA drafts some potential more so than production. So I, he's going to make a team really happy, I think. No kidding. No kidding about that. Super excited to see what uh, Trevor Keels is able to do at the next level. So those guys are heading off to the NBA. You've got the other three, like we mentioned, Paula Benquero, A.J. Griffin, and Mark Williams. They've all received green room invites, so they have the opportunity to be present there, to walk across the stage, to shake the commissioner's hand, and, uh, yeah, what fun that will be to celebrate for those guys and their family moving forward. Brian Horace is joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. We'll start to transition to next year's squad and what that's looking like coming up here in just a moment. Today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals and Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, and that includes live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. As we move forward here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, again, J.J. Jackson alongside Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. So, Brian, we start to look towards next year's team. People are really waiting to see Trevor Keel's decision there at the end. There was the A.J. Green chatter, the transfer from Northern Iowa, who ultimately decides to stay in the NBA draft. He won't be playing college basketball next year either. And then all of a sudden, uh, news breaks that Tyrese Proctor is reclassifying from 2023 up to 2022. What in the world? That's just so awesome. Weren't expecting that to happen for John Shire as he gets set for his first season as head coach. Yeah, there there had been rumors, you know, surrounding that for, you know, well over a month or so, you know, whether that was just, you know, people hoping and wishing or there was some, you know, some, you know, substance to it. Either way, uh, you know, Coach Shire, you know, had ongoing conversations with Tyrese and his family about uh, there possibly being, you know, some room for him this year, this coming season. And I think with the exit of Trevor Keels being official, I think Proctor saw, you know, the opportunity. I know they talked to him about being able to play through his mistakes and things like that. So I think, you know, him coming in and also possibly maybe not even getting to play the season after when he was scheduled to come in, because yeah. obviously he's a, uh, you know, a, a guy that can go early into the NBA, almost like a, um, a Shaden Sharp did for uh, Kentucky. So who never actually saw the floor. Right. I think, um, you know, there was there were some, uh, you know, strategy behind this move, I think, especially for Proctor getting, getting able to get in, you know, on a team where he can contribute right away and get himself possibly into the NBA a little bit earlier. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the fact that there was that possibility out there that he might not be playing for Duke next season uh, was something that, uh, quite honestly, I didn't want to see. I wanted him to get to wear the Duke jersey. It's one thing for a guy to commit to a school, but then to never get to see them play, uh, it's kind of hard to certainly claim them as one of yours. So uh, thrilled to see that that Tyrese Proctor is going to be joining the team. Coming over from Australia, we've seen those international players come over to Durham and play for the Blue Devils. They're just more experienced in a lot of ways, and I think he's going to be able to fit right in. I'm trying to think about guys that have reclassified and came into school a year earlier than expected, and I'm going all the way back to right before the 2010 season that Duke won the national championship. I know Andre Dawkins was going into his freshman season, and he was one of those first guys that I I can remember uh, deciding to come into college a year earlier. It's always an interesting decision. You never really hear about it in any walk of life other than athletics. Uh, that Someone's like, you know what, let me start that college thing a little <laughs> bit earlier. Uh, but uh, I, I think these guys are certainly ready to make moves like that. Yeah, agreed. Also, uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, right. re- class to come in. I, I think with international prospects, I think it makes a little bit more sense. I think they're, um, 
their training is a whole different level than it is here. And I think, you know, Proctor being able to play at the NBA Academy um, last year and, you know, th those experiences, I think, probably ready him a little more than most to come in a little early than maybe, you know, a kid that's coming in, you know, in America and going through our high school and AAU system. So in addition to Tyrese Proctor, Duke was also still had an open scholarship available. And Jacob Grandison is the guy that's going to occupy that scholarship. Duke has already announced uh, that he's going to join the roster. They've handed out jersey numbers for all the guys, which is really exciting. And Grandison transfers from Illinois a couple of seasons at Holy Cross as well. And you've had a lot of good tidbits and profiles and shot charts on Twitter that you've been posting. And Again, check out dukeblogger.com for all your stuff, Brian. But uh, this was a big get for Duke to get Grandison an experienced guard. Oh, I agree. It, it checks off several boxes for the Blue Devils. Um, one being experience, you know, being a guy that's 24 years old or so, you know, having played in the Big Ten, he's used to the physicality that he's going to see in the ACC. He's a bigger, you know, guard slash forward, you know, at 6'6", six, six, uh, was like 210-ish to a 5'210". That's something that, you know, the Blue Devils did not really have in the backcourt, someone with a little bit of size. And and he brings shooting. He's really the only proven shooter on this roster right now. And, um, you know, he's the only one that's actually, you know, been able to do it steadily in college. Other than that, you have obviously um, Jalen Blakes, who hasn't really played very much, and Jeremy Roach, whose, you know, shooting is still sort of emerging. So I, I think it definitely checks off the boxes for, for three-point shooting as well as just getting some experience in that backcourt. Experience is key, certainly, when you've got a younger team coming in. And for Grandison, he's going to wear number 13 on his jersey. So uh, joining the Blue Devils, he's got the outside shot. There are numbers out there that the corner spot is something that he absolutely loves. The percentage skyrockets there from the corner. And we know ball movement. We know guys that can put their head down and get to the rim. You're always kind of looking for the threat of somebody to kick it out to the corner. Exactly. He's. I think he's that guy for Duke right now. And I think the way that Shire is going to want to play is, is, is all about getting guys open, getting guys to their spots, getting shots, setting picks, things like that. A lot of movement. So I think he's going to fit right into this lineup. Let's start to wrap up our conversation and look more at next year's roster. Now that it's entirely set, we know what it's going to look like moving forward. And we'll do that in a moment with Brian Horace here again at Duke blogger on Twitter. Be sure to give him a follow there. Today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils brought to you by our good pals over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. You have computers that have access to rockauto.com, so just go there. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store compared to $216 from Rock Auto. Over a $100 difference. Make sure you check out everything that they have from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils. And their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Moving forward here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter and dukeblogger.com. If people put that into their URL right now, Brian, what are some of the things 
that they're going to be able to see over at your blog and your site. Uh, definitely all the updates from the from the season uh, and the off season so far. Obviously, all the new additions are mentioned as well as um, information on Duke's new hires. Obviously, um, uh, the new coach, uh, Jay Lucas. Um, you got Rachel Baker coming in. So there's you know a little, little bit of everything. Tell me about the Rachel Baker hire, a general manager for a men's basketball staff. We've talked about uh, it, it feels very forward thinking in, in my eyes from what Shire's been able to do. Yeah, now, I mean, obviously with uh, with NIL being a huge, huge part of uh, the attraction of playing college basketball, in addition to obviously getting your education, getting your, your self-esteem and preparing for the next level, it's hard for teams to compete if they don't have a good package um, for NIL and, and, and being able to navigate those waters is something that, you know, Duke, even being the, the powerhouse that they've been in recruiting, you know, you, you can very easily lose those high level recruits if you don't have something in place. And I think hiring Rachel with her experience in the business world, her experience with Nike was a, was a home run hit for uh, for Shire in terms of getting Duke, you know, more prepared and freeing him from having to worry about that stuff and actually just coach his team. So, so yeah. It feels like he'll be able to greatly benefit from that. And now that the roster is kind of set and you could start to look at recruiting, I know the contact period has officially opened up for the class of 2024 and Duke's been sending out scholarships in that regard. So they're always three, four steps ahead of everybody else in college basketball, it feels like, and a reason why they've been able to be so successful in that recruiting department. But you start to look at this year's roster with Grandison coming in, Tyrese Proctor joining the freshmen that are going to be on hand. Jeremy Roach is such an experienced point guard. I mean, there's still going to be ACC championship expectations for the Stukeman's basketball team. All in all, what's your assessment of this roster? Yeah, I think obviously it's a, it's a young team. Um, you know, a lot of the, the what you call the gamers are, are young guys. But I think, you know, Shire's done a good job of sort of backfilling some age to put behind those guys. Um, obviously, like Ryan Young coming in from uh, Northwestern to play behind uh, Derek Live is going to be a huge benefit for him, both in terms of like going against a bigger guy in practice to prepare for like the uh, the Baycots of the ACC, uh, things like that. Having obviously Kale Catchings there as a physical sort of a small ball forward to go with Mark Mitchell, you know, to sort of get him prepared to face those heavy, you know, heavy minutes against bigger guys. So I think this roster has. In, in, in some ways is better than last year's roster in that there are guys that have done it before. And obviously a lot of the um, last year's team was, was, you know, a lot of it was new. A lot of it was brand new and you still have that this year, but I think you also have a much more well-rounded roster this year. I think you have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things, but you also have the age to back that up as well. So I think, you know, this particular roster is definitely intriguing and I think Shire's done a masterful job you know, even though it took up until June to get it done, I think he's done as well a job as you can considering how much they've lost. Yeah. We're already seeing guys on campus. We've seen K Academy. We know that the uh, first John Shire basketball camp has kicked off, and that's going for uh, the youth, which is really exciting. I can remember my days growing up as a basketball fan and my parents being able to send my brother and I off to Coach K basketball camp, and it was the coolest week in the world to me. And I still think back on, on those memories and that sort of thing. But we talk about going into next season. I, I think that's an important part as well. We talk about two seasons ago, that Duke men's basketball team, as we're still kind of navigating the pandemic and COVID-19, at that point, they weren't able to spend as much time together in the offseason. When you've got a whole new group of players 
coming together, a lot of times it really does come back to those summer months. And Brian, can these guys get into a gym and just play pickup? Like, in a way, that sounds silly, but that is so important in a sport like basketball. We saw it benefit this past season with the run all the way to the Final Four. But this summer, these guys get to play pickup together, and that's a big win. Exactly. I mean, a lot of, um, you know, building a team is building that camaraderie, you know, sort of figuring out each other's games and how that's going to translate on the court when you all play together. So I think these summer months, June, July, August, these are where you really get your team on the same page. All right, we're getting set for the upcoming men's basketball season for Duke. We know what the roster looks like. We're starting to uh, count down the days at this point until uh, John Shire kind of takes over the reins and, and takes this program, uh, hopefully at championship aspirations with sites there on six. So looking at this Duke men's staff, we talked about the Jay Lucas hire, um, Rachel Baker coming into her new general manager role, Mike Schrage comes in. You feel pretty good about the coaching staff? Oh, without a doubt, that's uh, that, that's a heck of a staff right there. Obviously, uh, you know Lucas brings a lot of experience on the recruiting trail. He, you know, gives us a sort of a pipeline into uh, into the South a little bit. Um, Emil is a high riser right now. I mean, everyone, you know, raves about his ability to teach the game to younger kids. I mean, and considering he's been playing, you know, just not that long ago, and being a guy that's not even thirty yet, I think that's helpful. Um, Shragi brings a you know level of experience. He knows the Duke program. He's been a head coach as well, you know, and Carewell's just, he's just the man. He's, he's the guy. He's a, he's a, a really great guy. He's good with the kids. He has a, a real insight into, into AAU, a real insight into like what's going on, you know, on the high school level. And he's another guy that's done it, you know, on the highest level. So I think this staff in particular, being as young as they are and as plugged in as they are, and they're all good teachers. And so I think this is a, it's a heck of a staff. Brian, I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me and kind of preview what next year's roster could look like. Looking forward to more conversations with you as basketball season uh, continues to near. Uh, where folk, where could people find your work and, and support you over at Duke Blogger? Certainly. Uh, visit uh, DukeBlogger.com. Um, that's where the articles end up. Um, and on Twitter at Duke Blogger, I'm pretty active there. Uh, yeah. Come yeah. and have a conversation. I love it. Nearing 6K over there. Get my guy up to all those followers. <laughs> Give him a follow. Follow us on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Brian, this was a blast. Looking forward to talking to you again soon, okay? Yes, sir. Take care. That is Brian Horace joining us on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. And that's going to do it for our show today. That wraps up our week here on Locked On Blue Devils, a mailbag Monday edition coming your way on Monday. Your questions. I answer them. Send them to us on Twitter and also send them to us on an email if you'd like. LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.